Meet You in the Lobby podcast with your host, Jacinta Phelan. Zealand has been my go-to place if everything in the world went crazy, right? I always thought New Zealand would be the safe haven. Uh, it's got amazing food, uh, beautiful wine, uh, stupendous vodka. My flavour of the month at the moment is Hayman Island uh, because it has an amazing day spa. And In this episode, Jacinta interviews Leanne Harwood, IHG's Managing Director for Australasia and Japan. Leanne is accountable for developing and executing the market strategy for hotels in Australia, New Zealand, PNG, South Pacific and Japan markets. The IHG brands across this diverse region range from the luxury intercontinental hotels and resorts to the mid-scale Holiday Inn and Holiday Inn Express. Leanne is also a member of IHG's regional senior leadership team for Europe, Middle East, Asia and Africa, which sets the strategic direction for a wonderfully diverse region. Leanne Harwood, welcome to I'll Meet You in the Lobby. Thank you. Lovely to be here, Jacinda. Now, let's start by giving our listeners some insight into the Leanne Harwood story. Where did it all begin? Ah, well, uh, a New Zealander, uh, clearly from my wonderful Kiwi accent that is I'm very proud and broad of. Uh, but my career started uh, back when I was... Uh, early in my 20s, where I headed down to Queenstown in New Zealand, thought that I would uh, take on the world and go skiing every day and work in the bar at night. And I had a real passion for skiing, and uh, I thought I was going to spend a couple of years doing this this great uh, um, uh, adventure. And I ended up actually falling in love with bartendering and the hospitality industry, and that was literally the beginning of my career. So started bartendering in Queenstown, then uh, slowly but surely have worked my way up through the industry over the years. And it's been uh, 30-odd years in the hospitality industry and in hotels. Uh, primarily, I started off as uh, in food and beverage. And then uh, I have to say I was proud to uh, be the first female concierge in New Zealand. So a bit of a groundbreaking uh, moment uh, in New Zealand. There was very much a male-dominated environment back in the day. Uh, then, uh, really, I've uh, jumped all over the place in an operational environment, uh, left New Zealand 20-odd years ago to come to Australia, and uh, really started the what was to be a long journey through the sales and marketing world with Inside Hotels. Uh, and that sales and marketing environment took me from Australia to Singapore and then from Singapore up into the Middle East, where I was based for a number of years in Dubai, and uh, had an opportunity to move from a vice president of commercial or sales and marketing in those days, uh, where I was overseeing 80-odd 
80-odd hotels. No, actually, I apologise. It was 200 hotels at the time uh, from a sales and marketing standpoint uh, to do a bit of a U-turn in my career journey and move to a vice president of operations uh, overseeing Southeast Asia and Korea. So uh, we had 60-odd hotels that I was looking after in those days based out of Bangkok. Uh, and that was a pretty amazing experience. Um, again, one of the few females leading the way in an operations environment in hotels. Uh, and uh, then uh, I was tapped on the shoulder about 18 months ago and said, uh, Leanne, we'd like you to go back to uh, Australia and be based in Sydney, and, uh, but we want you to oversee uh, Australasia and Japan and, and we want you to be the managing director. So uh, it was an opportunity that was just too good to turn down and I'm now living my dream job. Can you share with us what your job description entails on a day-to-day basis now? Mm. So. Uh, well, the exciting thing about being a managing director of a portfolio of, you know, 81 uh, open hotels and 31 uh, hotels in the pipeline means that no day is ever the same. Uh, I, particularly when you've got countries like New Zealand, Papua New Guinea, Japan, uh, it, it really means that it's a variety of uh, opportunities that thrown at you every single day. Um, my day starts uh, usually with a really strong cup of coffee <laughs> just to set me off uh, and set me on the straight and narrow. Um, uh, and uh, once I've gone through my uh, exercise routine and got myself ready and headed into the office, uh, I usually have a day which takes me from dealing with uh, operational issues in a hotel through to uh, developing new opportunities where we continue our growth agenda uh, for IHG. So particularly for us right now, we're in an amazing phase of our business where we are uh, really growing our portfolio of hotels. So uh, a real opportunity for us to focus on opening new hotels. Uh, last week I was in Hayman Island where I got to open uh, the intercontinental Hayman Island again, which was just delightful. Uh, the week before that I was in uh, a place called Beppu in Japan where I opened the intercontinental Beppu Resort. And uh, that was the first uh, international resort in this location uh, called Oita in Japan. And uh, just a stunning resort with 89 rooms and luxury facilities where you've got um, a, a on-scene environment and really uh, bringing luxury to the next level. So really that, that every day is different. <laughs> Whilst doing my research on you, um, I read about the ethos you live by. Can you share with our listeners what that is? <laughs> Yes, uh, I've got three uh, ethoses that I live by. The first of those is uh, get comfortable being uncomfortable. And that's probably the one that underpins uh, everything that I do and everything that I champion and champion across uh, certainly my team and, and my organisation. Um, it's about disrupting yourself. It means that when you're starting to get comfortable in thing, with things and with life, really, you know, you're not challenging yourself to grow anymore. And I believe believe that individuals really grow and where the magic happens is when you're in an environment where you're stretching yourself to learn more and you're really pushing yourself to take on new challenges and new opportunities. So uh, I'm constantly challenging my team to disrupt themselves and I'm certainly 
always challenging myself to disrupt myself. Uh, in fact, um, it's probably the main reason why I've lived in, you know, 13 cities in seven different countries, uh, because every time I've started to get comfortable, I've gone, mm, okay, time to, to get up and go and move and do something different. So uh, that's probably the first one. Uh, the second thing for me is is really about uh, your team around you. You know, I always say, you know, be prepared to be outshone by the people around you. Uh, I'm not the smartest person in the room nine times out of ten. Uh, I really like to surround myself with really incredibly talented people. And uh, the opportunity as a leader is to make sure that you can take your step back and uh, let your team around you be the best that they can possibly be. So my leadership ethos is very much that, is my team, you are first and you are the ones that make the magic happen. I'm just there to support you and help guide you and help you when things get a little bit tricky. Uh, and the third <laughs> point, uh, which I'm very famous for, is fierce conversations. Uh, so I believe in talking straight, and uh, I think it's very important that you are truly authentic and honest in all of your interactions. And if you have the right intent behind everything that you do, then you will always work towards the best outcome at the end. Uh, and... Uh, I've been known to give all of my team, you know, you want to put your team uh, into a really uncomfortable environment and make them all, all uh, pretty grumpy with you, is uh, tell them that they have to read a book before the next leadership team meeting and oh, the moans and groans that you will get from your team. Uh, so uh, I all told them they had to go and read this book, Fierce Conversations by Susan Scott. Lots of groans, uh, but at the end, the amazing thing is I've had so many of them come to me and say, oh my God, it absolutely has changed the way that I approach things from uh, a leadership standpoint. And actually, a couple of them have come to me and said, I've been having these uh, conversations at home with my husband as well. So uh, it's actually had a bit of an impact on their personal life as well. So. Now, tell us about the latest game changer for Intercontinental Hotel Group. We'd love to hear about that. So uh, I'm incredibly proud to say that uh, a couple of weeks ago, our global CEO, Keith Barr, came out and announced the fact that we are uh, removing uh, single-use or small-usage miniature bottles inside all of our hotels uh, globally, and we're doing that by 2021. Uh, and uh, we're moving to bulk amenities. So when you walk into the bathrooms in our hotels uh, by 2021, you are going to see the big refillable usage bottles. And that's incredibly important for us because as IHG, we take sustainability incredibly seriously. Uh, so for us to lead the world across over 5,700 hotels saying, no, 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 we're not going to do this anymore. We're going to, to uh, not have those small amenity bottles. Uh, I think is a real game changer and we're throwing down that gauntlet and challenge to other people in the hotel industry to follow us and, and do exactly the same. So very exciting. What are your biggest challenges as a leader uh, of the Intercontinental Hotel Group? It has to be people and the war on talent. So uh, for IHG, uh, we, we are going through an unprecedented growth period, uh, which is 
extremely exciting. You know, we are in Australasia alone, we're going from uh, 51 hotels to with 31 hotels in the pipeline, we'll be at 82 hotels. And that's in the next three to five years. So that's unprecedented for us. Um, the industry is also going through a big growth period, uh, which is exciting to see the hospitality industry you know, growing at such pace. But we need the people to be able to run these hotels and, you know, developing talent, uh, growing talent within inside our organisation and attracting people to come into the hospitality industry is a real mission for us. Uh, so we're working with different uh, organisations across the industry, like the AAOA, uh, to try and help create programmes where we can uh, really nurture talent uh, into the industry, both the hospitality industry, but also into leadership roles. So we do need people to help open these hotels and, and, uh, and run them. So. Have your business stand out from the crowd. Promote your midweek and low season deals through Senior Stays, a travel website for the over 50s. Experience direct bookings and pay no commission. To find out more, contact the Senior Stays team on 1300 double five one three two seven or go to seniorstays.com.au The newly renovated Hayman Island has recently opened its doors as you mentioned before Leanne. Can you give us an insight of what your guests can expect to find on their next stay there and what has changed compared to the last resort, the old resort? So uh, Hayman Island, 166 rooms uh, have been reborn and brought to life in a new luxury experience and uh, it is truly exclusive, immersive and luxurious. This resort brings Australian luxury to a new level. Uh, we have, well, the owners have spent $135 million investing in the rejuvenation of this resort. And being a, uh, a unique resort island uh, in the middle of the Whitsundays, you know, with that comes a level of responsibility. This hotel has been underpinned by an absolute focus of sustainability as we've gone through it. So when guests come onto the resort island, they really have an opportunity to learn about the resort and what it means to be in that wonderful environment where it is one of the, you know, uh, true wonders, great wonders of the world, right? So uh, when you come onto the resort, the great thing is, is that there are no plastic water bottles. Uh, we don't actually sell them in our outlets and each guest is given a refillable water bottle on island. Uh, and they actually have 10 water stations around the resort where they can go and fill up everything, their water as they go through, So, which we think is absolutely fantastic. And so we're just cutting down on those plastics that uh, are really um, uh, you know, not fantastic on a, an island in the middle of the Whitsundays. So uh, on island also is a sand crusher, so a uh, sand crusher, sorry, a glass crusher, where we turn around and actually take all the bottles that are used on island and crush them down to like a glass sand, which is scattered on all of the gardens around the resort. Uh, and uh, they've implemented this reuse and uh, water uh, system and filtration system that is also used around the, the resort. So it really is a sustainable approach underpinning everything in the, in the resort. 
And saying that, what also is included in the resort are just spectacular outlets. So five restaurants and bars, uh, which have been really curated to create an experience which goes back to this immersive environment. When you're on an island in the middle of Whitsundays, you really want to be able to experience the whole of the Whitsundays and be on a resort and not have to leave the resort. So these five outlets include uh, uh, multiple bars where you're sitting there having a cocktail by the pool and uh, looking out over the wonderful harbour or you are sitting there in a restaurant called Bam Bam where you have an experience of being Pan-Asian or uh, you have uh, a wonderful Italian restaurant where you can take your family along with your kids and have a great pizza and pasta. So... Uh, it really gives multiple opportunities and multiple options available to you. So. In your opinion, where do you think the tourism industry could improve yeah. and what country or destination do you feel is doing it well in your travels? Yeah, actually, I think Australia is uh, a huge opportunity for us and uh, I think it is doing... Uh, the tourism industry really well. I mean, I've I've lived, I've had the opportunity to live in multiple countries. Uh, I've lived in, uh, as I said, Bangkok, Dubai, Singapore, Vietnam, uh, Tahiti. So uh, I've certainly been uh, in amongst the thick of it. And each country does uh, things particularly well for for one area. So Asia is always known for its service and its hospitality, uh, and. Uh, it is a very much a service environment up in Asia, right? So they have the ability to turn around and have uh, a high level of staffing per guest, which is fantastic. We can't do that in Australia. Obviously, there are constraints with us in our environment here, which don't enable us to um, high wage cost. It comes down to. So we've had to get quite creative about how we can create an experience of hospitality for our guests without actually over-investing in, in putting you know, additional people into the, into the hotels. And I, I think Hayman Island for me is really a true example of that, where we deliver an Australian level of luxury service. And that is around a hospitable approach to it. So we don't turn around and, and over-serve um, over our guests, but we create an environment where they have the ability to turn around and engage in and engage with staff members throughout the throughout the resort. But do it in a, in a kind of nice, casual, Aussie way. Uh, so I think I'm really proud of that fact that we've been able to take a, uh, uh, a standard of luxury that wasn't there before and create it with a particular nuance towards an Aussie flavour. So I think that's, that's been pretty great. If you weren't the managing director of Intercontinental Hotel Group, what would Leanne Harwood be doing? I would have liked to have said skiing, but uh, I had a major accident a couple of years ago, so uh, that's taken me out of that. I still have that passion that I had when I was 20 years old uh, to, do, to go off and go skiing. Um, but I think for me, the only industry for me uh, is really hospitality. I, I love it. I live it. I breathe it. Um, I love walking into a hotel. I love when you get the amazing service or the amazing hospitality when you walk in and the team members can make such a difference to your day, right? That, you know, you can actually make a, a, a difference in somebody's life. And 
I don't know many industries where you can do that. Um, you know, whether it be in a hotel where somebody's coming in and they're celebrating a, a uh, anniversary, or whether it be uh, us working with an owner to turn around and build a new hotel and create this new um, uh, job opportunity for people in a place like Wagga Wagga, where we've got a holiday inn that's going to open up in a couple of years. So uh, I think I'll always be in the hospitality industry. Uh, um, and if it's not that, I might go and, I don't know, join Ronnie Khan running around on her yellow trucks with Oz Harvest. Maybe I'll go and do something like that. What is one thing people would be surprised to know about you? <sighs> Probably the fact that I'm actually what they call an omnivert, which means that uh, on my weekends I'm a bit of an introvert. Um, most people who come across me when they meet me go, oh my gosh, you're this bubbly, full of life personality. Uh, but actually when I'm when on my weekends I have to re, uh, recuperate and, and I have a tendency to hibernate a little bit. So I've been known to go away on a week's holiday and devour, you know, 10 books over just a five-day period. I love just really escapism and taking myself away from the day-to-day. -day. Who are three of the most inspirational people uh, in, your, in your life or in business um, and why? I have been incredibly lucky to have a, a female mentor who has now become a very, very dear friend of mine, and her name is Karen Shepherd, and uh, she was actually uh, my predecessor in my role, and I worked for her on a couple of occasions. Um, I just find her unbelievably inspirational in the fact that she's led and charged this industry ahead uh, as a woman uh, in very senior roles, and she's now the managing director for Europe, overseeing. 350 hotels uh, across that platform. Um, she's been a, a great supporter for me uh, along the way. She has never, ever let me settle. Uh, anytime I've become a little bit wobbly about a job or an opportunity, she's challenged me and said, no, you, you've got to get out there and do it. Uh, when I first took the leap to go from sales and marketing into operations, um, I have to say uh, I didn't want to do it. Uh, she, I was sitting there saying, you know, oh, I don't want to go into that ops world. You know, it's very male-dominated. In fact, there was no woman who were in senior roles, uh, in, uh, certainly with inside our company in an operations environment. And uh, it was a bit of a boys' club uh, and uh, of a certain age, and uh, I really didn't want to be part of it. And she turned around and said to me, Leanne, the only way it's going to change is if you change it from the inside. And uh, I went, oh, that was one of those moments where you kind of go you're right, I, I need to take this and champion it. So uh, I pushed myself forward and uh, took the leap and uh, went into a whole new world of uncomfortableness where I was leading a region uh, across multiple hotels where I had no idea what I was doing. Uh, there was, and I had to rely on a group of people who were absolutely uh, outshining me when it comes to driving operations in a hotel. Uh, so I'm forever grateful for her, her guidance and now, more importantly, her friendship. So uh, she would be probably hands down the key, key influencer uh, in, my, in my life. I'm very lucky to have her. Um, 
There are so many others that I have had the luck of coming across and uh, there have been multiple people that have influenced me over the years uh, and it's too hard to actually call any of the other ones out because it would be disingenuous to the other ones or disrespectful to the other ones, probably is the more appropriate word to say, you know, actually they've done great. So I'm just going to sit with Karen and say she's, she's the biggest one. Can you share with us what your opinion of uh, social media and how you see social media has improved the industry or has it been a hindrance in your view? Yes, uh, uh, the social media, my gosh, it's it certainly changed, hasn't it? It makes me feel very old when I sit here and think about the days when uh, social media wasn't around. Um, my gosh. Um, look, I, I think as an industry, we've, we've uh, really embraced it. I think uh, there are multiple ways that... Uh, we've been able to utilise social media, uh, both on a positive aspect, but also obviously there was always the negative components that go with social media. Uh, For me personally, I've really embraced it and really enjoyed it. As a managing director across, you know, 81-odd hotels, you know, in Australasia alone I've got over 5,000 employees and uh, I've always sat there and wonder... How can I connect to these employees? How can I make sure that they get to connect in with me as a leader and understand what I'm about and what our values as a company are about? And, you know, how do you do this in in this new age and environment? So uh, I've embraced... uh, uh, Facebook Live, and uh, I'm often known to be walking around hotel where I'll, you know, flip out my phone and up I'll go and have a chat to the to the team members, and you know, just about whatever's going on in a hotel at the time or whatever's topical. Uh, and it's a real opportunity for me to, as a leader, turn around and just show, you know, my real side. You know, authenticity has become a bit of a, a, a glib statement, and I think it's a bit overused sometimes. But for me, that's really important. Um, I never want to lose that, and I never want to lose that connection with the line staff uh, and the frontline people, um, because they're out there giving out our hospitality on a day-to-day basis. And so I'll walk into a hotel and it's so lovely, you know, the housekeeping staff will come up to me and go, oh, you know, Leanne, I saw your your uh, Facebook Live the other day and it was just amazing, you know, you were in such and such a place and it really connected with me. And uh, <laughs> I was uh, up at the Hunter Valley a couple of weeks ago at a um, food and wine festival and uh, I had this random guy come at me from the left-hand side and uh, say to me, oh, my God, Leanne, it's so great to meet you. I saw you. And, and, and he just felt so comfortable to come up and talk to me. And uh, uh, clearly he'd enjoyed a couple of those glasses of wine at the wine festival. Um, but it was just really, really nice. So I think there's a real opportunity to use social media as a, a platform for good. Now, as you mentioned before, you've spent a lot of your career living in other countries. Where did you feel most at home? Yeah, well, when you do live in 13 cities in seven countries uh, across a 20-year span, it's a very good question. Um, and uh, because 
I have had that wonderful opportunity to be part of a community in so many places. I have to say is everywhere I live, I try and make it feel like home. Uh, otherwise, you never really truly connect with what's going on around you and the people that you're working with. Um, so at the moment, Sydney's home, uh, and I'm loving being in Sydney. Uh, but I also loved being in in Bangkok. You know, the the vibrancy of the the city and the food and beverage scene was just phenomenal. Um, the flip side to that is hated the pollution. You know, so. Uh, Every single place I live, I, I am incredibly lucky to really connect in with and, and I try and put down, uh, you know, my roots as best I can in, e- in, each, in each place. Do you have any predictions uh, that you'd like to share with us for the future of the hotel industry? Yes, um, I really see sustainability being a key driver for the industry um, and also uh, a diversity and inclusion focus. Uh, and particularly for IHG, I think that's really incredibly important. Uh, our guests are demanding that of us uh, and our colleagues are demanding that of us. So we have to make a difference in uh, the communities that we are based in. And we have to, as particularly as a company as large as IHG, we have to be seen as leading the way in making an impact in this. So I really see this as being a key driver behind uh, not only the hospitality industry, but I think uh, multiple industries are going to have to wake up and really understand that. Uh, You've just got to look at the Me Too movement that's really started the diversity component, you know, equal opportunity for wages uh, has to be a key driver behind it. Um, But when I talk about diversity, I don't just mean gender. And I think that's a really critical point for us. Um, Gender does play an important part. Obviously, I'm championing, you know, a a woman in the workplace and making sure that we drive towards having, you know, an equal seating across all the areas of the hospitality uh, hospitality industry. But it is also about culture. It's about diversity of thought. uh, And that means having different ages. Uh, in in leadership teams. It means having different voices from um, uh, backgrounds that really uh, bring a change to the way that we think. So I think that's the next trend that's really we've got to sit up and pay attention to. If you had the power to change one thing in the world right now, what would it be? That is such a huge question. It's such a huge question. There are so many things out there that you just look at and go, oh, my gosh, really? Uh, You know, um, and I, I, you know, I think for me, the one thing that underpins everything is I, I just can't stand the level of hate that is out there in the world today. And if I had one thing that I could change, it would be to change that hate drives so many of the actions of people uh, around the world. And I think that actually underpins so many of the things that aren't right in the world. Um, I, don't, I sound like a bit of a greenie and like I'm going to go peace, love and mung beans, you know. But uh, uh, it really is an element of respect that I think is important that uh, is brought into everything that we do. So that would be the change. Leanne, what has been the most emotional moment whilst you've been travelling? Well, it would have to be something that's happened recently. Um, There'd be multiple over the years, as you can imagine, working in places like Vietnam 20-odd years ago where it really was an emerging environment. Uh, uh, But 
The one that really has stuck out for me, and I'm actually getting a bit goosebumpy at the moment, is uh, recently I took my boss back to New Zealand, and I haven't lived in New Zealand for 22 years. And I hadn't been back to Christchurch uh, for probably about 15 years. And uh, I took him back just after the horror of experience that happened with the mosques. And I hadn't also been back since the earthquake. Um, and I met up with an owner and we were there to sign a new deal and, and uh, you know, create an amazing new opportunity with a new hotel in Christchurch. And he took me around Christchurch and I saw the devastation of uh, the earthquake, which still was very, very prevalent uh, in Christchurch. And I got quite emotive about that. And then just meeting with the team members and talking about what had just happened with the, um, with the mosque was uh, a little overwhelming for me. Um, I had always thought about New Zealand as being my go-to place if everything in the world went crazy, right? I always thought New Zealand would be the safe haven. Who ever looks at New Zealand, you know? It was, it was always the, the naivety that New Zealand was safe and my naivety was absolutely shattered with um, the mosque incident and... Uh, for me, that was a really impactful moment. And I spent quite a number of evenings sitting on my couch, and I'm actually getting quite emotional now, but uh, sitting there and, and working through that and what that meant to me um, from a long-term standpoint. So that was, a, that was a big moment. And also to take my uh, boss, who is the CEO of uh, over uh, a 1,000 hotels, he came out from the UK and to take him to my home country of, uh, it was a very proud moment, so quite emotional. What kind of holiday do you enjoy going on? Something adventurous or something relaxing? Um, I think I have a pretty adventurous life as it is. <laughs> I um, am incredibly grateful. I, I really am very lucky. Um, you know, this this little Kiwi girl that uh, never thought she'd uh, make it to much, and here I am swanning around the world, uh, visiting amazing places. I am so very, very grateful. So I think I live a very adventurous life from a job standpoint. Um, so for me, when I relax, I try and go and stay somewhere where one of my hotels aren't, so that uh, my husband gets my 100% focus uh, versus is me sitting in a hotel going, did you see that over there? My God, look at what's going on over there. And he's going, look at me. <laughs> so uh, we'll whisk away somewhere where there are no big hotels. And uh, my go-to place now is actually Hobart uh, because I just love the pace. I guess it feels a little bit like New Zealand. Uh, it's got amazing food, uh, beautiful wine, uh, stupendous vodka. Uh, they really are. It really does uh, have some spectacular produce. Uh, and on top of that, uh, a really nice um, atmosphere and, and vibe to it with all of the arty uh, community and the arts community that are there. Uh, but uh, we're opening a hotel in Hobart March next year, so my husband is now telling me that that's off my bucket list. <laughs> so where do you think you're off to next? Oh, I do don't know. The, the world is, is, is open, so uh, looking for a new destination. <laughs> Time for some fun. You are hosting an amazing dinner for eight. Yep. Your location of your choice, the location of your choice. 
Who do you invite and join you and why? Wow. Um, You know, I'm not going to be one of these people who sit here and goes Michelle Obama or, uh, you know, uh, uh, any any, uh, other great celebrity. I'm actually going to say I would invite seven of my closest girlfriends. And uh, I would do that because they are truly special people in my life. life, And uh, I don't get to spend enough time with them. And most of them are scattered all around the world. Uh, You know, UK, Singapore, America, Brisbane, uh, back in New Zealand. So uh, thank God for WhatsApp because we stay connected by that. Uh, But I'd invite seven of my closest girlfriends and I'd take them up. And and my flavour of the month at the moment is Hayman Island uh, because it has an amazing day spa. And uh, I think we'd probably solve the problems of the world between uh, the, the eight of us. And finally, what's next for Leanne Harwood and the IHG group? Can you share with us and our listeners um, any new projects or ventures that you've got coming up? Uh, so, yes. Uh, so uh, I'm hoping that Leanne Harwood gets to stay in uh, Australasia, Japan, just for a little while longer and doesn't hop off somewhere else because I've got so much to do here uh, in our own backyard. So, uh, as mentioned, you know, we have been through an unprecedented time of growth here and we're opening 31 hotels across Australasia. And that's just phenomenal. Uh, we've never been in a period of growth like that before. So, you know, a big focus of us is to turn around and launch the Hotel Indigo brand in Brisbane next year to uh, introduce a Holiday Inn in Wagga Wagga uh, and a Holiday Inn in Werribee. Uh, We're coming to Hobart, so we're uh, opening a Crown Plaza in Hobart next year Uh, and multiple other opportunities. So, What's next for IHG, particularly in this part of the world, is is absolutely bringing these amazing hotels to life and almost doubling our size uh, of our portfolio. Um, Obviously, the sustainability continues to be a big focus for us as well. So we've got some exciting things coming up, uh, which we hope to announce very shortly uh, from a partnership standpoint, but uh, really bringing sustainability and diversity to life uh, through multiple different platforms. So that's probably the big thing for us moving forward. Leanne, it's been a pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure.